Amen. Again, I appreciate the song choice. really goes with the message tonight, and I appreciate when the Lord leads that way. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 143. Psalm 143, and normally on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the epistle to the churches of Galatia, and we're just taking a little bit of a break from that before we get back into it. Um, and so tonight we're going to do that again. We're going to be in Psalm 143, and I want to read the entire psalm here tonight. I want to encourage you uh, with the Word of God. And so the challenge is to open your heart to it and um, try to eliminate distractions and other things. There's been a lot of distractions today uh, for me. It's been quite a day, a lot of meetings and a lot of things. And so I want to try to bring us back to what the Lord has for us by way of encouragement here tonight in the Word of God. So let's read in Psalm 143, beginning in verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight shall no man, or no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee. As a thirsty land, Selah, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul. For I am thy servant. This psalm we're going to talk about here tonight really shows kind of what is happening in the life of David at this point in time. And we don't necessarily know the exact circumstances, although some say that this is written during a time when, when uh, Absalom, his son, betrayed him. And even uh, during the, the, the turn of Ahithophel against him and so on. And we don't necessarily know that for certain. But it clearly is a time in David's life when, when he's experiencing uh, some trial, uh, some hardship, some valley, and even, even some depression in his life. And David was not immune to that. In fact, David experienced things like that a lot in his life. And we can too. And I want to encourage you tonight with the Word of God when it comes to walking through valleys of life. 
And we're gonna, we're, what we're going to really focus on is, is this idea and this thought, don't waste the valleys of life. Because in them, God has something, something, uh, something good, something in store for you and for me. There was a, a preacher one, at one uh, time who had just lost his family to a tragic fire. And the story goes that he had fallen into the depths of deep and dark depression in his life after that. And one day he was walking down the city street kind of aimlessly with really no point, uh, seeing no point in his life. And he came upon a construction crew that was building a new church building. And he stopped to watch them work for a while. And as he watched, what he observed was one of the workers who was busy carving out this piece of stone with a chisel and a hammer. And he didn't understand what that was for, and so he went and asked that stone cutter what he was doing or what he was carving. And the construction worker pointed up to the steeple of the church, and he said, you see that small opening up there near the steeple? Well, I'm carving this down here so that it will fit when it gets up there. And the story goes that the preacher was immediately stirred in his heart, and he realized and knew that God is always faithful. And even though he's walking through a valley in that moment in his life, God was still working and God was shaping him for something particular. And you know, that that's not really any different than you and me. Because uh, we walk through life and sometimes there's mountaintops and sometimes there's valleys but it doesn't matter where we're at, God is working to shape us in our lives through the things that we experience. And we live in a world that is filled with people who uh, experience depression, experience despair, despondency, and defeat in their life. They don't know what to do with the valleys, with the trials. There might be some even here tonight who are walking through a valley, walking through hard times. And I would tell you, um, don't, don't be discouraged in this regard that you're left alone. Don't be filled with despair that it's pointless or purposeless. The difficulties that we face in life, they're common to man, number one. Number two, God always has a purpose in it. And, you know, all kinds of people, secular people like George Washington or John Adams or Winston Churchill, they were known as people who uh, experienced a lot of hardship and sometimes even depression in their life. Uh, spiritual people are not immune to that. Uh, there's plenty of stories about Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who, if you study his life, went through great times of despair and depression. And even David, who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, suffered from discouragement and defeat in his life. And this psalm that we read here tonight is actually born out of a time of discouragement and defeat in his life. And so I want to spend some time in these verses tonight. And as we do, maybe we'll find some help for us for those times when we walk through the valleys and maybe find some help for us when we find ourselves 
feeling overwhelmed and maybe even to the point of despair. And I want to preach to you from this passage to encourage you, but I want to encourage you by challenging you. And the challenge is don't waste the valleys that we find ourselves in in life. Let's pray and then we'll dig into some of this, okay? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us here tonight and encourage us with these truths. They are relevant to life. And David, even a man who was after God's own heart, experienced some discouragement, often walking through some very hard valleys of life. And Lord, we need to look back to the Word of God and find hope in God. And Lord, I pray that you'd encourage us with these principles here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes it's hard in life to really believe that God is in control of everything. You know, um, we don't, when we're facing hard times in life and it seems like there's some confusion uh, to, to remember and to believe that God is actually in control of what is going on. Sometimes that's hard to believe and sometimes it's hard to, you know, to really grab that. But the fact of the matter is God is in charge of all of life. And the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his ways. And, and just as, as surely as God controls the direction of our life, God also controls the disruptions of life. If that were not true, we wouldn't have promises like Romans 8.28, that all things work together for good to them that love God. That all things includes valleys, and it includes trials of life. He controls those. He determines the depth, the length, the duration of those things. And, and we could even say that God sends them or allows them in seasons of life. And the reason is because he wants to develop us and make us more like Jesus Christ. And that development would never happen otherwise. God knows exactly what we need. We like to claim Romans 8.28, that all those things work together for good to them that love God. But the very next verse says that God has foreordained that we would be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And it, without experiencing the suffering sometimes, we would never know the life or, uh, and, uh, of Jesus Christ. And so if God loves us, and he does, if he sends the valleys our way, and sometimes he does, we would be foolish to wallow around and waste what God brings into our life. And so as we consider the divisions of this psalm here, I want to take some time to reflect on what God does and what he's doing as he moves us through life. And we're going to see some characteristics about valleys that, that are revealed in this psalm. And those things should teach us that it's foolish to waste what God actually sends our way. And it can help us to have another perspective on things in life. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is that sometimes there's pain in the valleys. Notice in verse 3, David says, For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Here David speaks of, of, of feeling uh, that, that he has, like there's no help in his life. He says, the enemy has persecuted my soul. He's smitten down my life to the ground. He's made me to dwell 
in darkness. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know what, that is the case in life where it seems like there's not going to be any end to the pain. There's not going to be any end to the problems. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm dwelling in darkness. A lot of times people feel that way when they walk in a valley. Notice verse 4. Not only the pain of darkness, but the pain of depression. He says, therefore, is my spirit overwhelmed within me? My heart within me is desolate. Here he says, my spirit is overwhelmed. The word means to be shrouded, and it carries the idea of being encased in darkness. You get in the sense of what David was feeling, what David was sensing in the moment. My spirit is enshrouded, encased in darkness. He says in verse 4 that my heart within me is desolate. The word desolate there means stunned or stupefied. And it carries the idea of total astonishment. And so, in other words, it's, it's as if David can't even believe what's happening to him. It, David can't even believe how life is turning out for him. It's, as if, it's, and it's almost like he has no heart to go on. Many people walk in a valley like that. Feeling like there's no heart to keep going. There's no end in sight. Then there's the pain of despair. Look at verse 7. He says, Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Here he says, My spirit faileth. It's like he has no hope. The word faileth there means to be at the end. That's what it literally means. And so David feels like he's reached the end of his rope. And that if God doesn't lift this veil of darkness that he's shrouded in, it's not any better than those who go to death. You ever feel like that? What's the point? Might as well die. Sometimes people get so discouraged that they feel that kind of hopelessness. But you know, and sometimes people feel all alone, like I'm the only one who goes through those kinds of things. But the valleys of life are shared experiences. <laughs> There's not anything new under the sun. And obviously there are different kinds of troubles and trials. We don't all pass through those same places in life. There can be valleys of sickness. There can be valleys of death and financial turmoil, emotional distress. There can be valleys that affect the body that affect the soul, that affect the mind. There's all different descriptions in all different kinds. But the one thing that we share in common is that we all have them. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 2.2, For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is vanity. Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of woman is of a few days and full of trouble. The valleys of life are going to come your way. They come my way too. That's a given. But when they do, we have to remember that they don't come by random chance processes, not for the child of God. They actually come from the hand of a loving father. You remember the story of Job in the life of Job? All that he experienced and all the troubles and trials it was all allowed of God. It was all actually controlled of God. 
Satan came and God said, you can only do this. You can't take his life. Satan came and wanted to do that. And he said, you, you've just got your hand of protection around Job. You take that away and, you know, he'll, he'll curse you. Every last bit of that was allowed of God. By the time you get over to Job chapter 42, verse 11, the Bible is talking about Job's life and people came and they gave him things and so on. And they had these feelings toward Job. And the Bible says all that the, Lord, the affliction that the Lord brought to Job. And the point is, is that there was never a moment when God was not allowing or involved in the troubles of Job's life. And so what I'm saying is we need to remember that they come because God is in the business of perfecting us and molding us and shaping us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we have to be careful when we find the valley of life not to wallow around in despair and hopelessness. Don't waste the valley. God wants to teach us something while we're there. And it's our duty to learn the lesson. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you just keep your place here. The Apostle Paul, as he writes to the church in Corinth, makes note of some things that really deal with infirmities and trials of life. And he says in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. It wasn't something enjoyable for the Apostle Paul. It was something he didn't want and didn't want in his flesh and didn't like. And he even asked the Lord, take it away from me. In verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And here's the conclusion that Paul, Paul draws from it. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And notice what he says. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul states here that he would rather glory in his infirmities. Glory in his valleys, if you will, so that the power of Christ would rest upon him and understanding that when he is weak, that's when he's strong and dependent on the Lord. The point that I'm making here is if you're walking through a valley, don't despair, don't hope, or don't be hopeless, rather hope in the Lord, because you might feel like life is unbearable at times. But let me encourage you with this. Uh, there's something to learn in the valley. Don't wallow around in the muck. Take it back to the Lord and understand that God has a purpose with it. And there's a lot of, if you go back to our text, there's a lot of despair that marks this psalm. David's just pouring out his heart. But there's also a lot of reason for rejoicing. Yes, there's pain in life sometimes. There's pain in the valleys. 
But the second thing I want to draw out here is, is the point of the valley. Go back to our text. What is it that God wants to do? Well, there could be many things, but there are a few things that are pointed out here in this text. Look at verse 2. So David says in verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness, and enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Here's a point of the valley. Sometimes it's to bring about some repentance. And I want you to notice the heart of repentance here in David. He says, enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. He had a humble heart of repentance here toward the Lord. And sometimes our valleys are the cause, uh, are, are caused or come about because of sin in our life, but not always. Sin is not always the cause. And yet... Even still, when we begin to seek the Lord, the Lord has a way of revealing some things about us that need to be repented of. Sometimes, sometimes we wallow around in these hard things of life, and, and what we actually need to do is understand that the way I look right now or the, the way that I really am, I cannot see, and God wants to reveal what I actually look like so that I can come to a place of repentance and change. Sin's not always the cause, but regardless of whether or not sin is responsible for our valleys, we're still sinners in need of repentance. And the valleys have a way of bringing us to a place of humility. The valleys have a way of bringing us to our knees. They have a way of causing us to reflect on our own life and what we look like and even reflect on our relationship to God that my relationship to him may not be exactly what he wants it to be. Anything that brings us closer to the Lord and a closer relationship with him is a good thing. Then look at verse 5. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands. David says, I meditate, I remember the days of old. David had a lot of things to remember about God working in his life. He had a lot of things to remember about what God had done for the nation of Israel. And even, and more particularly, what God had done for him personally. Remember how God helped him with the lion and with the bear and then the giant and then with Saul who sought his life. David had a lot of things to remember about how God worked intimately in his life. And you know what? When you're walking through some hard times, some confusion, some difficulty, some hurtful things, remembering what God has done in your life is always helpful. Always helpful. Review your life. Read God's word. Remember how God saved your soul. Remember how God changed your life. Remember how God has blessed you abundantly. Remember times when God has walked you through other trials, and listen, listen, let it refresh your heart again and encourage you that God's not left you. That God's still there. He's done it in times past. I've seen His hand at work in my life. There's no reason for me to despair. There's no reason for me to be discouraged. There's a songwriter 
a hymn writer rather, named William Cowper. And it's said of him that he often lived in depression and despair. That's not a place that the Lord wants us to live in. We can have those emotions and we can have those feelings, but that is not a place that the Lord wants us to stay. But anyway, this was a part of his life, and the story is told that one day he hired a carriage driver to come and take him to the London Bridge because his plan was he was going to go to the London Bridge, he was going to throw himself in the river, he was going to end his life. However, when the driver picked him up and started for the bridge, they found themselves going for hours in this dense fog, lost. And frustrated, Cowper demanded that the driver stop and let him out so he can walk. And when he stepped out of the carriage, he was shocked to find himself standing at his own front door. And it became apparent to him that the Lord was not done with him, that the Lord still wanted to use him and his life and he repented of his attitude and heart. And, he, the, and the story says that he went into his house and he started writing the words to this song. The song is God works in mysterious ways. But the lyrics go like this. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessing on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a, a frowning providence, he hides his smiling face. His purpose will, purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his works in vain. God is his own interpreter. He will make it plain. And the point is, when we're walking through the troubles or valleys of life, what we actually really need is a, fre a fresh view and a fresh encounter with the Lord. David said, in verse 5, I remember the days of old. He remembers what God did and worked in his life. I meditate on all thy works. I muse at the work of thy hands. That's what we need to do, is remember how good God is and what God has done in our lives. It has a way of encouraging us. But then look at verse 6, because here's the point of reliance. What's the point of the valley? Well, it's to get us to rely on the Lord. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land, Selah. That phrase, thirsty land, it means dry, parched, cracked ground. It carries the meaning of something that is longing for refreshing rain. David knew that he couldn't produce what he needed for himself, and so he looked to God. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul is thirsting after thee as a thirsty land. You know the, the, the struggles or the valleys that we find ourselves in life? They're not random. And one of the points of them is to get us to come to the end of ourselves. And when we get there, 
we find that that valley has brought us to a place of dependence on God. That's not a bad place to be, amen? That's the right place to be. And as terrible as the valleys of life can sometimes be, and as painful as they can be, they are extremely valuable. And it's in the valley that we learn truth about God that can strengthen and energize our faith. Some of the, some of the sweetest times in my own life uh, of learning something about God was when walking through a valley of life. It was in the furnace of persecution that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego learned about God, how personal he is. You remember Daniel in the lion's den, his dependence on the Lord. We could, we could think of, of all kinds of Bible characters, people who, who, with circumstances, hopeless. But their dependence was on God, and God came through and carried them through. And the point I'm making here is that whether it's a Bible character or whether it's something in our life, valleys of life, they can be places of pain, they can be places of heartache, but we can't ever forget that they're really places of priceless lessons where we find the Lord himself. That's where we learn of God's grace, his divine enabling. That's where we learn the most powerful lessons about the Lord I think many of you could relate to that. Many of you could relate to the fact that you had to learn something about God walking through a valley. The point is the valley is not to be wasted. It's to be searched out. It's to be understood that there are treasures there that the Lord wants to reveal. Like you might be in a spot where you're just, I'm sick of it. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I'm defeated. And you're not looking at the right thing. You're looking at circumstances. You're not looking at the treasures. What does the Bible say? Our light affliction is but for a moment, and it worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Sometimes there's pain in the valley, but there's also a point in the valley. And the last thing I want to point out here is the path out of the valley. Look at verse 1. David says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. Look at verse 6. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. Look at verse 8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way in where I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Look at verse 9. Deliver me, O Lord. Verse 11. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. What is the path out of the valley? Well, the path out of the valley is always led with prayer. David, several times in this psalm, refers to his crying out to God, refers to his prayers. Do you think there were times when David wanted to stop praying in all of his troubles? It didn't seem like the Lord was answering how he wanted. Maybe so. But David never quit many times in his psalm. In fact, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. He encouraged himself 
in the Lord. And God promises that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's promised to hear our prayer when we pray, when we seek after Him. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. You need to take it to the Lord. Do you do that in the middle of your trial? Are you constantly taking it back to the Lord? We need to pray when God says yes. We need to pray when God says no. I have something better. We need to pray when God says wait. We need to just keep taking it to the Lord. Prayer is not just some religious activity. That's not what it is. It's communication with God. And it's part of the path out of the valley. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 speaks of the path of praise. He says, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Even in the middle of the trouble, David still praises the Lord. He says, thy spirit is good. And, and you could read this psalm and you say, man, that's a pretty sad psalm. Well, there are some that are more sad than this. But what I'm saying is that in the middle of all of that, David sends up a word of praise to God. And he reminds us that God is good even in the valley. Every person who walks through trials of life would do well to learn how to have an attitude of praise in the middle of the trial. What's the normal response? To complain, <laughs> to grumble, to fret, to despair. But how about praise in the middle of trouble? Remember Job again? In the middle of all of that, Job said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He worshiped. He didn't accuse God. He didn't wallow in despair. And I think we would do well to learn those kinds of lessons, that praise is a pathway out of the valley. Luther Bridges, he was another hymn writer, kind of been looking at hymns lately and the stories behind them, the authors who wrote them, the hymn writers, and then the stories behind them. Luther Bridges authored There's Within My Heart a Melody. You know that song? There's within my heart a melody. The story of him writing that hymn was that he penned that song just after losing his entire family in a tragic house fire. Yet he still praised the Lord. You know of Horatio Spafford who wrote, It is well with my soul told you about him before. He wrote that hymn after all four of his daughters died when their ship sank crossing the ocean. He still said, it is well with my soul. If we can't praise the Lord, even in the hard times and in the valleys and in the, when we're, we're confused and doesn't seem right, if we, can't, if we can't praise the Lord then, we really don't have any business praising Him when we're on those mountaintops. Right? Like Job said, the Lord giveth 
There's lots of blessings, but the Lord also takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when we feel like we don't have anything to praise Him for, we ought to remember that we should praise Him simply because our names are written in the book of life. Amen? That He saves our souls. That He's worthy of our praise. And in reality, the Bible teaches us that praise actually helps us walk through the trials. Look at verse 8, the second part of verse 8. He says, Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Verse 9, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. David says here his desire was to do the will of God. And that ought to be the goal of every saint, certainly. And when we fail in walking with the Lord and we wallow around in despair or defeat or discouragement, we actually bring dishonor to the Lord even more than discouragement to our own hearts. God wants us to trust in Him, that He'll never fail, that there's a point to it all, that He is worthy to be praised still, and, to, and ask the Lord to help us to consistently walk with Him even through the valley. We'll end up wasting our valleys if we don't believe that what we're walking through is actually designed by God. It's not enough to say that God merely uses disruptions in life. We need to acknowledge that, you know what, He's designed something just for me, just for my life, and if He doesn't stop it, then He's got a purpose in it for my life. I need to understand what that is. Instead of being discouraged and hopeless, realize that God wants to change me. God wants to do something in me. God's designed this for me, for my good and for His glory. We're going to end up wasting our valleys if we think those things are a curse and I just want to get out of it rather than actually a gift from God because He's trying to mold me into the image of Jesus Christ. That's where I'm going to experience the mercy and the grace of God in my life. So the question is, are you wasting your valleys? Or are you making it count for yourself and for the glory of the Lord? We're never anywhere by accident. David wasn't where he was by accident. God allows or sends things into our life. We are where we're at because God has his hand in it. And so what I'm saying is, don't waste those times. Use it in your life. Let the Lord use it in your life to change you, to mold you. And be encouraged. Don't wallow around in despair or what's the point and I have no purpose. We can do that and we'll end up finding ourselves in a place where we're probably going to have to do it again. 
We failed the test. And we're probably going to have to do it again. So I don't know where you're at tonight. I know there are things in my life that the Lord has been speaking to me about and used some scriptures to help me be encouraged uh, that there's hope, there's help as we journey through. They're not in vain. And we need to get our eyes off of those circumstances, get our eyes back on the purposes of God, and then there's no reason to despair. We can allow the flesh and the devil to keep us from actually finding benefit from that trial, that time in the valley. And so we need to be careful to not waste it. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd encourage us tonight. And there might be some who just struggle along. And they feel like life is hard and feel like there's no end in sight. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. They feel like, what's my purpose and what's my point? feel like they're destined to just drudge along for the rest of their life. Lord, I, I can easily see how that's a pitfall and exactly what the devil wants to have happen in our lives because it keeps us from growing. It keeps us from glorifying God with our life. It really keeps us from being transformed into the image of Christ. So Lord, I pray that you would teach us that, again, that what comes in life is not out of the Lord's control, but there's a purpose in it. Sometimes it's to change us. Sometimes it's to get us to see what we really look like and what we really are. Sometimes it's to humble us because we are too dependent on ourselves to get us to depend on the Lord. Sometimes it's to strengthen our faith, but it's never random. And Lord, if we find ourselves in a place of defeat and discouragement, we're looking at the wrong things. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to realize that these afflictions, the trials, they work for us a far more eternal, exceeding weight of glory that these afflictions in life are light they're but for a moment they're temporary there might be some valleys we walk through but they're for our good and for our glory and lord may we not despair may we not lose hope lord, may we not feel defeated and discouraged lord to cast our gaze on you rely on you for your strength come through on the other side stronger, better, more like Christ with a fresh view and greater knowledge and understanding of who our God is, experiencing your grace, and Lord, to be able to be thankful and to bless your name. So Lord, I pray that you'd use tonight if maybe there's one that's that's been discouraged and they need to confess that they need to confess to the lord the depression they've been feeling and sensing and wallowing in is not where the lord wants them to stay 
to bring it to you, to confess it, and Lord, to live in your strength. And like David's, to seek after the Lord. Cause us to know the way in where we should walk. To stretch out our hand unto you, to depend on you, and find that you are all that we really need. People cannot really help at the end of the day. Things definitely won't help at the end of the day. You're the only one. And Lord, may we rest and depend on you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for your watchful care over us. Thank you for all these promises that we find in your word concerning your character. And Lord, help us to really believe it and walk in it and experience the blessing that can be even in the trials. In Jesus' name, amen.